0: Though many of us try not to imagine it, there's one unavoidable truth in life. At the end of our time on Earth, we will all die.
1: It has touched all of our lives in some way, be it the death of a pet, a relative, or a close encounter with the Grim Reaper himself. In this episode, we've decided to examine how death affects everyday life here in the Czech Republic.
0: From hospice care volunteers, tourists at the Kuna Horebom Church, to mourners in Jewish cemeteries. What do those of us who look death in the eyes have to say about it?
1: Today, we tackle the topic of the inevitable. Stay with us to hear what death means to the Czech people. I'm Ricky Witt
0: and I'm Jianlen Shi. Welcome to the podcast. In a cemetery in a village called Sedlitz, just outside the Czech town of Kunahara where there was no longer enough space for people to prepare it, the Sedlitz Oshery was created as a solution. Initially a crypt for the dead, all Frantisek Rint brought the place to life.
1: By arranging the bones into complicated decorations such as chandeliers and organs, Rint transformed the church. The Prague cast traveled there to get a better understanding of what the ossuary stands for.
2: So, I'm currently heading to the train to head to Kutnahora, which is about an hour outside of Prague. Uh, to go see the Ossuary, or as I know, it, the Bone Church. For those of you having a hard time imagining what that is, it's literally a church made out of thousands of human skeletons that are bleached and carved. And I honestly don't know if I should be excited or scared to see it, but I'm hoping to test my anatomy skills when I look at the bones and, more importantly, see how it symbolizes or ties with our theme of death. So, I'm right outside the Bone Church, and from here it looks like just your regular church, so I'm excited to see what it looks like on the inside. Uh, Just some quick background before I go in. I read that this church dates back to the 14th century, and legend has it that when word got out that an abbot scattered sacred soil from Jerusalem across the Sedlak Cemetery, many wanted to be buried there. And then the plague in the 14th century led to about 30,000 people being buried in the cemetery, and attacks from Hussite troops added another 10,000. Later the bones of these people were moved from graves into massive piles in the ossuary and they were then arranged to decorate the church and make it what it is today. and this is probably one of the creepiest things I've seen in my life. I stepped in to find what looked like thousands of human skulls just staring back at me and I feel like I'm in a whole other world right now. There are chains of just skulls on the walls that look like some morbid version of Christmas garlands and I can see things like crosses made out of femurs and even what looks like a very eerie coat of arms made out of bones. One of the main things that catches my eye right now is this huge chandelier made out of bones. And I can see candles resting on the skulls and bones in the mouths of these skulls. And I think that I heard the chandelier itself is supposed to contain bones from every part of the human body. Um, final take this place is very unusual. But how does it symbolize death, besides the most obvious reason of containing thousands of skeletons?
0: Mortality becomes art at the born church, and Catholic beliefs about respect for the dead are well represented through the complicated arrangements. However, left with more questions than answers by the ushery, we decided to hit the streets of Prague to find out more.
1: Since the Czech Republic is one of the least religious countries on Earth, we were curious to know what people here in Prague believe about the afterlife. To find out, we asked Czechs and visitors if they believe in life
2: after death. Uh,
3: maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, yes. (laughs) Do
0: you have any, like, reasons for that? Uh,
3: yes.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, so... Do, like, most of the Czech people believe there's a life after death? What do you think of this question? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, thank, okay. You. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. 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 Um,
3: it's a very hard question. <laughs> yes, I do.
0: Uh, do you have any reasons for that? Like, why?
3: You said just one question. It's a very okay. <laughs>
2: broad question, so... Yes, I think there is something. There must be something.
0: There must be something. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
2: No problem. Bye.
0: Do you believe in life after death?
3: Oh, uh, maybe. I don't sure.
0: Uh, do you think like most Czech people believe there's a life after death?
3: Um, I I don't think it. Um, because Czechs are uh, maybe
4: so. <laughs> uh, don't believe atheist. in the Yeah, Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Actually, I study anthropology, so I thought about this question a a lot. And I'm not really sure, but I think I don't. I believe more in afterlife as in flourishing the nurture, um, I don't know, worms eating us and so on. So that's the way I think about afterlife, not like really in a religious way. Mm
0: Sure, so do Um, do you think most of the Czech people believe?
4: Czech people in general are uh, non-believers or at least that's what they call themselves. They think that they are non-believers because they don't believe like in Christianity or something like that. But actually they do believe in many things like for example karma or, I don't know, some like talismans and things like that. So they believe a lot. And I think uh, many of them would say that they believe in afterlife. They just do not call themselves believers.
0: No matter what you believe, we are all united in our inability to know what happens after we die.
1: The new Jewish cemetery in Prague is the largest Jewish cemetery in the Czech Republic, as well as the final resting place of Franz Kafka. We were fortunate to meet Alice Marx, a book editor whose office is situated on the grounds of the new cemetery.
0: As someone who has been working in the cemetery for more than 20 years, she shared her thoughts about death and guided us around the gorgeous grave architecture, introducing us to Jewish rituals and enlighten us about how czech people view the cemetery
3: it's really huge and uh, very we can say very nice because it reflected the period the time where the uh, prague jewish community was really developing uh, quickly
5: mm-hmm.
3: after all the reforms that enabled Jews to become uh, to study at university, universities to become businessmen, and so on and so on. So you will see that many of the th- th- uh, tombs reflect how developed and how how rich some of the members of mm-hmm. the community were. And at the same time, this cemetery is full of very interesting, uh, we can say, pieces of art, mm-hmm. because these people. Were also many of them interested in art, so they hired good architects or good painters to design the The tombs, the tombstones. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I think it was, or probably, may still is the the biggest, the greatest cemetery in Prague. It's really, it's really huge. And then we can walk here, and I will show you some of the symbols. Sure. The people who died were from uh, were descendants of certain uh, priest families, like Kohanim or Levites. So, or the symbols show what 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 um, occupation, they, what profession they 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 had, like if they were scribes or uh, musicians, even. And still, there are many people coming here just to walk around, mm-hmm. not like to the cemetery, but to. Like to the park because it's really like a huge garden.
5: You mean nowadays?
3: Even nowadays, yeah. 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 Because the thing is that most, you know, of the people uh, perished were murdered during the war, so there are not many people who come here to take care of the tombs. Mm -hmm. So for most people in Prague, it's just a park, and there are very few people who come here to the to the graves, even though. Uh, even though there's a newer part, you will see it. Mm -hmm. People do deceased in the 70s, 80s, etc. So their family, of course, Mm -hmm. their families come. So this is the Franz Kafka's, And here, it's here where most of the tourists who come here, they are looking for his grave. I would say, you know, sort of 70% 80% 80% of tourists come here to see Kafka's great. And now it's quite clean, but <laughs> very often you can see, they come here like to a sort of pilgrim place. They put wishes to him, like to Rabulev at the old cemetery. So they put uh, papers or they messages or wishes. So it's it's very, very moving. And they very often put flowers, as you can see, mm-hmm and and stones so you see that he was the first one uh, to be buried 1924 then his father then his mother and all his three sisters were murdered during the war mm. and it's a sort of it's a sort of very very nice tomb
2: How do you consider? What
5: nowadays Czech
3: people think of this place? I don't know if many Czech people know about this place on the first and and I said for most of the people who live in Prague it's a nice place and they come here to walk and if they are interested in Jewish history Mm -hmm. or funeral architecture they come for that. But I think most of them. I don't know if you if you notice that many Czechs are just interested in uh, in cemeteries. They like going to cemeteries. Yeah, that, that's really <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, that's from, different. Like, yeah, our culture. and here is the quarter behind that. There's a huge Christian cemetery, Shane. It's also huge, so you can walk there for hours. So people tend just to walk around and look at the graves and look at the names. And some of them are known, say, so it's a, I don't know if it's in other countries, but here we have it like this.
1: In the Jewish tradition, people put pebbles on gravestones to show respect for the dead and sadness for losing their loved ones. This is one way of dealing with death. But what do those who care for the dying have to say?
0: We sat down with Misha Tchenkova, a volunteer at a coin thrift store on Batesta Domu. They sell clothes, books, and trinkets to raise money for their main service, hospice care.
1: Misha shared her thoughts on how we can prepare for and cope with death, as well as her experiences with those around her who have faced mortality or lost loved ones.
5: Very often, people come and they have a story to tell. So they would tell you about the situation at home, that somebody has died or they need help. So I give them a leaflet with the information where they can phone or what they can do. So that's that's that. It's not only selling things. Right. It's also giving information.
0: And what, uh, what, what's in the books? What What's the importance? Of the
5: yeah, the books are... Yeah, first they are beautifully illustrated, as you can see, and I think it's because of aesthetic reasons, but also to make people aware that it's beauty as well, it's not only something to be scared about. And, of course, these books um, speak about the topic of death, different ages, like this one that you have over there, Anna and Anichka. Um it was uh, yeah excuse me it was written and illustrated by somebody called Martina Špinková who is the founding mother of the whole organisation maybe you know her um, and uh, it's it's a beautiful story about uh, people of the same name and Anna is the grandmother and Anishka is the, her little granddaughter and as Anishka is growing up she's becoming more and more adult while Anna the the grandmother is leaving slowly so It's like first being together and uh, doing things together and then walking their own ways. And uh, how it is for the little girl to understand what's happening. But the the
1: books are aimed towards children? Yes, but it's
5: the parents who buy the books, not the children, yes. The children have questions. They ask questions about how it is with dying and how it is with death and why that person died. And It's parents who need help, who need some guidance, who need to know what to say and how to approach the topic because it's a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? So they they find some help in the books.
1: Have you found that working around these books and this organization has
0: changed your attitude towards death? Are you more or less willing to talk about it or afraid of Mm -hmm. the subject after working here?
5: Mm, yeah, I think that certainly because uh, especially this Martina Špinkova, she is a very influential person, and, and uh, she 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 goes to schools and kindergartens and talks about the topic. And so, being surrounded by like-minded people certainly is an influence. But on the other hand, I have uh, a lot of friends who have been through very difficult times and uh, I think that I've been confronted with the topic through also my personal friends yeah so uh, this is this is very interesting I wanted to tell you about one of them her name is Ivana and uh, she lost her husband just suddenly a few years ago and when I told her last week that I was going to talk to you uh, we started talking about how it was for her to suddenly to be shocked and and get the news and she said that um, she somehow managed to get over it but um, she found very strange the attitude of her friends who had been friends for years of both her husband and her and uh, when he died she just found out they didn't want to speak to her they were avoiding her and uh, if they phoned, if they phoned they would be crying into the telephone. And she had to calm them down. She had to comfort them, you know, instead of the other way around. And she suddenly found out she was alone. They just didn't want to have anything to do with it. So she was quite shocked about the attitude. What
0: do you think the most powerful tool to overcome the stigma of death is?
5: Of death? Hmm, it must be education. That's the only way, I think. Although it's a long way (laughs) to go. Some of the people who work for Sister Zisterdom, they go to kindergartens and schools to talk to children. And I think it has to be at the early age, when children are between four, six, seven, when they start asking questions. So you have to give them some answer. You mustn't say, oh, don't speak about it. Let's talk about something nice. That's not nice. So, you know, they, they have to get some answer. Um, and uh, what is important is to talk generally about any difficult subject. It's not only death and cancer, it's just anything. People should sit down and talk.
0: For people like Misha chenkova death is just one of life's many unknowns, not something to be avoided or feared.
1: Though an unfortunate reality, death is inevitable for all of us. However, it does not have to be viewed negatively. Through remembrance and hope, it can become a celebration of life.
0: Death is a social and culturally significant part of everyday life, both here in the Czech Republic and around the world.
1: We hope that we've encouraged you to think about death in a new light. That's all for this episode of The podcast This edition was brought to you by Nika Kuznetsova,
0: Jacob Lowy,
1: Leanne McPherson,
0: Elena Patrick,
1: and Winnie Wang.
0: And our editor is Rob Cameron.
1: Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Until next time, I'm Jian Shi,
1: And I'm Ricky Witt. Thanks for tuning into The podcast.